In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, if you haven't already joined our Patreon, don't forget to go visit it. It's also called My Grandma's Diaries, and we have two levels that you will love. At the $5 level, we have all kinds of pictures and maps that are associated with all of our podcasts, so you can see what all these people look like, if I can find a picture, which Lord knows I try to do. (laughs) And at the $10 level, we have all kinds of content for you. We have interviews with Elizabeth's surviving family members, and sometimes you'll get next week's episode episode early. Well, the first 30 minutes of it, it's a little sneak peek if you just want to know what's happening next. So join us over there at the Patreon and we would love to have you. It's a lot of fun. Liz spends a lot of time putting this Patreon together and it's worth it. It's, it's really great. cool. It's really cool. It's so fun she to puts put it a together face and, with yeah, a name. Exactly. That's yeah. it. So join us over there. But yeah. meanwhile, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. How are you? And what are you doing? I am sitting here making a podcast with you. Yeah. And I'm so excited. We're on episode 21, mm-hmm. which I can't believe it. And I've just been having so much fun hanging out in Bell. I know. <laughs> I yes. feel like, right. you know, reading the newspaper and I see names. I'm like, I know them. I know where they live. <laughs> yes. And I think it's so cool. When they first moved to Bell, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how many episodes ago that was, we kind of talked about the town mm-hmm. and how there was a train depot there and that there was, oh, a prisoner of war camp yeah. was close to Bell during mm-hmm. World War II. And then I thought, you know, well, let me just go to their official town website and see, you know, what's going on in Bell. And do you know there's a controversy? about the name of the city. No. There are two different stories of how it got the name Bell. And okay. they're both on the website. So I thought it would be interesting to share that with you guys because the first is the story of Miss Bell Wallace. Mm-hmm. And if we know the name Wallace, oh my right. gosh, Rex and Ray and all yep. those people. So the Wallaces are huge founders of Bell. And the story of Miss Bell Wallace says, this is in her words, I was born near Dixon, Missouri on November 17th, 18. 
1986 with the given name of Bell Wallace. Four years later, I moved with my family to Galloway's Prairie, near where Bell is now. Several years later, in 1900, the railroad came through. I remember that because they put the depot practically in our backyard. After they put the railroad in, people came from everywhere to start building stores, hotels, saloons, and just about everything else it takes to make a town. A meeting was held by the merchants for the sole purpose of deciding upon a name for the town. Since I was the only unwed girl in town, they named it after me. Seventeen years after my birth, on September 6, 1903, Henry Wheezy took me for his wife. <laughs> oh, well, okay. that was a So she fun. thinks the town was named for her. So that's scenario one. That's scenario one. And the other one is just, it can't, it can't be right because it seems so random. But the other one is written by a woman named Ella Koenig. And she says, my father, John Shep Ridenour, which is a name is all over Bell, these yeah. Ridenour people. The son of Martin and Sarah was born December 14th, 1849 and died in February of 1920. He was born where the first school now stands and lived there until he was 12 years old. Then he moved to the country where he lived until he married my mother. In 1873, he bought the store and dwelling from D. Thomas Jones from Rolla and moved there. He operated what was known as the Shep Ridenhauer General Store until 1950. All the children were born and lived at the home near the store. My father gave land for the first school in Bell and also land for the first Christian church. That's where Elizabeth, Elizabeth went. will go to church. Father also gave every other lot to the railroad company to get the town stationed here. Hmm. He also named the post office. John Shep Ridenour named the town and post office Bell, not for any individual, as it was one time told by a girl who once <laughs> lived in Bell. <laughs> That little girl who said it's named after her. So which one do you believe? I don't know. I kind of like to think well, they named it Belle. Because otherwise, little girl. why did he think of the name Belle? True. And that girl yeah. obviously lived there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's both really cool stories about yes. how this guy gave all this land so the railroad would come there. Exactly. Because he knew his general store would go. It, yeah, and there was a hotel there on the corner. You know, it was mm-hmm. a bustling little town. It sure was. So I thought that would be a great way to Love start that. the episode. Bell. And now. I'm Ellie from Manuka, Kentucky. And you're listening to my grandma's diary. So here we are with a recap of episode 20. Yeah. So let's see. Elizabeth was really crushing on Rex Wallace, mm-hmm. who was a pugilist. What does that mean? It's a very fancy way of saying a boxer. Pugilist? Uh-huh. I've never heard that word. I know. It was in the newspaper article okay. that I read. And that right. his nickname was Alley Oop. That's right. <laughs> so no wonder she had a crush on him. He's so cute. We spent a lot of time with her cousin, Billy, uh-huh. who yeah. is sewing her a dress Correct. and bringing over fashion plates. So they're having good fun making mm-hmm. clothes. We talked a lot about, well, not, yeah, we did talk a lot about the CCC. Yes. Because Louis Biles, who shared a birthday with Elizabeth, was written up in the paper Mm -hmm. because he was serving at Big Springs State Park. And then I read an article from the Bell Banner about all the good things the CCC was doing Mm -hmm. locally Mm -hmm. there in Missouri. And then just today, I open up our newspaper Mm -hmm. and it says the Biden administration is unveiling the American Climate Corps, a program with echoes of the New Deal. I saw that. And I thought, oh my God, let me see the similar 
similarities and mm-hmm. what's going on. And this is actually a program that has way broader goals beyond addressing the climate crisis. They are opening up pathways to good paying careers, lifetimes of being involved in the work of making our communities more fair, more sustainable and more resilient. Yep. yep. Isn't that cool? And I was watching MSNBC last night, and they had an entire 15-minute segment devoted <gasps> to the CCC. They uh, had great footage oh. back from back then. I was like, whoa, this is exactly where we are in the diary. And it's this Biden initiative. Isn't They're that comparing so cool? Yeah, yeah. They, they most certainly are. Yeah. And then I thought more about the CCC and what a cool yeah. program that was. And although yes. we know what they were doing in Big Springs State Park, I thought I would see what did the CCC do yeah. while it was around, and why did it cease being because mm. it sounds like a pretty well, cool right. program yeah. so i do- dove a little deeper into it and of course as we know the ccc was mostly for young unemployed men between the ages of 18 and 25 mm-hmm. and the men i didn't know this primarily came from families on government assistance right. isn't oh, that so people yeah. who were already sure. desperately needing help See, their son got a job out of the box thinking that really made it survive made people survive back then it's so cool it, it is cool and they offered education opportunities sure. in the CCC, and it is estimated that some 57,000 illiterate men learned to read and write in Incredible. CCC camps. That's crazy. Isn't That's that great. wonderful? And Civilian Conservation Corps is yes, what we're talking about. Exactly right. And th- I thought this was interesting, too. Mm-hmm, Despite mm-hmm. an amendment outlawing racial discrimination in the CCC, mm-hmm. young African-American enrollees lived and worked in separate camps. Because in the 1930s, right. the U.S. Supreme Court didn't mm. think segregation was racial discrimination. Right. It, that was it the was whole still, separate but equal right. ruling that was totally wrong. Of course. Separate is not equal. Correct. Um, but here are some of the things that the CCC did that okay. I didn't know, which I think was amazing. First of all, they planted 3.5 billion trees. Wow. And this not only restored a vital economic resource, which mm-hmm. the country needs, but it would help combat the soil erosion, erosion. that started the Dust Bowl. The, see, it's all related. Yeah. Like the, yeah, right. So the, they were just, pre- they matter of fact, they planted so many trees, it was nicknamed Roosevelt's Tree Army. Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> which is a cute name. The CCC created 711 state parks. Mm. They spent 6.5 million days fighting fires. Wow. And trying Tragically, 47 uh, CCC firefighters lost their lives in the effort. But, oh my God, they built more than 3,000 fire lookout Uh towers, Uh and they also thinned out like dead logs and timbers in fire-prone areas to kind of prevent a disastrous Uh fire. And one of those was the firebreak known as the Ponderosa Way in Northern California, yeah. which is a 600-mile scar separating dry brushland huh. from timber-rich forests. And they plowed that down, you mean? They did. Wow. They created Isn't like a firebreak. Uh, yeah, Isn't right. that neat? A brick wall. Yeah. They built more than 300,000 huh. miles of terraces. So basically, they're... Terracing, terracing it was no small undertaking. What is it? I don't know what that means. It's basically you're terracing hilly land to create... Carving it. Yes, to create level water runoff. Oh. So instead of it just like deluging down like a waterfall, yes. they're making these terraces so that the water flows. Like and a Roman has, aqueduct. I guess exactly mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. And then this was the most interesting part of the whole thing for me. The CCC launched the American Ski industry. Huh. Downhill skiing uh-huh. was not a thing in America until the 1920s. 
and there just weren't any dedicated ski trails, let alone ski lifts or ropes. It wasn't a thing. It just wasn't a thing. But thanks to the CCC and a forward-thinking forestry official in Vermont, America got its first ski runs in the 1930s. Isn't that something? Yep. Over the next few years, the tireless CCC workers cut legendary New England trails with names like Stowe, Wildcat, Cannon, and Thunderbolt. And out west, they cut the first ski runs in Sun Valley, Idaho. How interesting. For And that's for tourism boost, I would think. And that's to, what the state parks were for, yeah, too. All right. this was just benefiting the lives of Americans. Less firefighters, all these terraces. How, they built roads. How I mean, do you the think that these programs would be looked at today? Well, I will be curious to see how this new one will yes. be looked at. Now, this new one is only offering jobs to about 20,000 okay. people. This, uh, the CCC gave yeah. over 3 million people right. jobs. Oh, big time. So yeah. I'll be interested to see what people think. But, you know, hmm. what if we just make the world a better place? And, you know, right. I mean, right. it, it's A lot just... of people would argue with that, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I hope it will be a wonderful program. Um, my daughter is going to college for environmental science. Mm-hmm. This would be a perfect thing for her to do totally. out of college, right? It's important. Although you do not have to have a college degree to be part of the new... Oh, good. New one yeah, whose yeah, name yeah. I already forgot. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So in last episode, we also learned that Leon got baptized and they mentioned it in the paper, not the baptism, but the party Mm -hmm. that followed afterwards. Dad got a job Mm -hmm. that came with a car and he's going to be out buying lumber to make railroad ties again. So that's super exciting. And then grandma died. Grandma died. And that might throw a wrench into things. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what that's going to mean for Bess and her family, because she was only living there to care for grandma. Right. Now grandma's gone. They're probably going to want to sell that house. I don't know how Do you long. know how many people were living in the house? Just now, it's just the Hartzell family. Really? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they just want to stay there, do you think? Well, because it's an estate now. Yeah. And everybody's Everybody's like, in ha- on it. Oh, Everybody's yeah. wanting We yeah. got to sell grandma's. Sure. Everybody could probably use yeah. from the sale of the house. Amen. Yeah, I mean, they've been taking real... The Underwoods have taken real good care of Bess. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. so I think there's only so much they can do. Sure. But now Dad has a job, right? So that might even make Bess think, "Oh, we can sell Grandma's things in mm-hmm. her house, make mm-hmm. a little money, mm-hmm. go on with our lives, figure out where we're going to live." Right. So now it is August 1934 in Bell, and right off the bat, big things are happening in town because in the August 4th edition of the Bell Banner, it's telling about a. Well, actually, this was a July paper, they're talking about a big picnic that's planned for the weekend. And the article from the Bell Banner says 3,000 expected for big picnic Friday and Saturday. To climax political campaign, Ferris wheel and stands, merchants cooperating. Mm -hmm. It says upwards of 3,000 people are expected to visit in Bell Friday and Saturday for the grand two-day picnic. Wallace Grove is to be the scene of the affair. Bell merchants this week are cooperating and have a word to say about their businesses in a full-page advertisement in this issue. Political speaking is to be one of the features of the festival when state and county candidates are to make their final bids for the nomination. The picnic will climax in the Democratic political battle in Mary's County. Gasconade County Republican candidates are also expected to be present, as will be candidates from Osage County. A Ferris wheel will furnish the main amusement for children. Other concessions, doll racks, fortune-telling booths, and other attractions which come with the county fair are expected. Dancing will also be staged both nights, old-fashioned the first night, and Saturday night, Sandy's Serenaders will be here in full orchestra. (laughs) Love it. What a description. I know. I, I can see the scene in the movie. 
I know, I know. Right? And then grease. I was curious about where is where is Wallace Grove? Yeah. So I looked around. Did you around. find it? I did, but it no longer exists. Okay. Wallace Grove was a big eight-acre land Lamp. with a house on it. Uh-huh. It was owned by a Mrs. Nell Wallace mm-hmm. Brown. So here are these Wallaces, Wallaces again. And they sold it in 1967. Mm-hmm. It, the description says, Thursday, the house in which she was born, the old John D. Wallace home at 8607 Wilson Road, will be sold at public auction. With it will go eight surrounding acres, all that is left of Wallace Grove, where Quantrill's men during the Civil War ambushed federal troops traveling between Kansas City and Independence. In 1887, they contracted with T.J. Woodling, a carpenter, to construct the nine-room mansion, which will be sold Thursday. The price included three coats of linseed oil on the floors and sweeping it out. (laughs) It was $3,360. Dang, I, I know. I don't know how much that equals, but sounds like a lot. Oh, you I guess. know what? That's the one uh, math I didn't do. That's mm-hmm. interesting. But the house is described as having milled pine woodwork, mm-hmm. eleven foot ceilings, eight foot doorways, nine rooms, four fireplaces, mm-hmm. and the remains of two stained glass windows. What? what? Nice. I, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that's All, gone. Of although course. the woman who was living there, one of the reasons she was selling it, she said the roof leaks and they're vandals all the time. Oh, well then. Okay. <laughs> so it was time for her to move on. Yeah. But Put it on Zillow. But that's very exciting. And let's see what Elizabeth thought about the fair. August 4th, 1934. Went over and had Billy set my hair after I had finished my book. Listened to Doug. Cleaned up. Mabel came by, and I went to town with her and did her shopping. Went around to Davis's and got some magazines. Mabel came by for us after supper. We went to the picnic grounds with them and Leora. Rode on the Ferris wheel with Billy. Talked to Rex. Watched the kids dance. I wanted to go back, but I didn't have the money. Afraid I wouldn't get a chance. Uh-uh. So Aww. she mentions the Ferris wheel. Yes, she does. She, right. she rode it Sweet. with little Billy. And I wonder how much it costs to go to it. Yeah. You know, so I hate that she didn't get a chance to go Mm -hmm. a second time. But I believe actually that entry was a Saturday. So -hmm. that was the second day of the fair. So when she says she watched the kids dance, I guess that was, you know, not the old fashioned dancing. (laughs) And then there was something else in the latest episode or issue of the Bell Banner. Yeah. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about Victoria Maples Mm -hmm. because she dated Bill. Mm-hmm. Until he found out Elizabeth was coming home, then he promptly then he dumped, dumped her. her. So, yeah. yeah, but her dad is the big Baptist minister in town. Okay, and a couple episodes ago, we saw an article. They weren't going to have church for two weeks mm-hmm. because he was taking his wife to Excelsior Springs, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Oh no, what's mm-hmm. wrong with his wife? What's going on?" Mm-hmm. And I still don't know what's wrong with her. But there was an update in the latest <laughs> Bell Banner. It says Mrs. Maple improves. The many friends of Mrs. H.J. Maples will read with interest of the continual improvement noticed in her condition since her operation in St. Louis two weeks ago. She was able to sit about in a chair some Tuesday morning. Physicians may permit her to leave the hospital next week when she's expected to be able to be moved to the home here. (laughs) You can't hide nothing from the Bell Banner. I know. They're on it. They're peeking through the hospital. Seriously. They're they're probably bribing the registrar. (laughs) You want this broth now? Who is that? Oh, it's the 
Bill Benner reporter bringing your broth. <laughs> I know, sneaking in. But she had to have a s- surgery because a lot. Do we know of, why? No, a lot of Nothing? people commented mm-hmm. that she was probably like had TB or something. Yeah, some, um, but you don't operate. Yeah, for no, TB. you don't operate for so that. I don't know what was wrong with that. I poor mean, woman. maybe appendix or something. I don't. You know, I well, they would say appendicitis. True. Because they we've heard a lot of those. Yeah, true. So I have no idea. But anyway, Mrs. Maples is on the men. Thought you guys would want to know. August 6th, 1934. Mabel came and took us to town. Her school started today. Leora and I went to the Terrells after milk and met Gussie's wife. After supper, Leora and I went to a free medicine show at the old schoolhouse. Daddy is in Louisiana now. All right. Ooh, that had to be weird meeting Gussie's, Gussie's wife. wife. Yeah. yeah. Like, ooh, like, hi, Flossie. Met Gussie's <laughs> wife. Yeah. Flossie, right. Yeah, it was Miss mm-hmm. Flossie Craig. But that marriage won't last long. We know right. it only lasted two years. And you know what? We talked about him getting married last episode. Mm-hmm. What I forgot to mention is that this is Flossie's second marriage. Oh, wow. Okay. And she has a two-year-old. Oh, dear. So Gussie married a divorcee like right. with a child. An insta-parent. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that I bet Elizabeth even thought, ooh, ooh like how yeah. scandalous. Yeah, right. You know, it wasn't it. so easy to be a divorcee. Of course. You know, not. back in those days. Yeah. And then this is when we really start seeing her going to these medicine shows mm-hmm. a lot. We're going to see a lot of these in the future. And it's interesting hmm. that they didn't really come around to Step Rock and to Circe. What were they? Well, I looked it up, and medicine shows were most popular in small cities and towns where they were often the only live professional entertainment available to inhabitants from year to year. So charging little or no emission, the shows essentially offered free entertainment in order to sell medicinal cures and merchandise. As with minstrel shows and the circus, a parade down Main Street heralded the arrival of the shows. Love it. Bills often changed nightly to encourage repeat business, and performers had to be skilled in presenting a melange of songs, dances, and skits, as well as the traditional afterpiece, an extended sketch which involved violent clowning, unfeeling <laughs> stereotypes, often like a blackface character, okay, uh, right. yeah, and a sheeted ghost. What? <laughs> Entertainment composed two-thirds of a two-hour show, with the remainder devoted to pitches for soaps, tonics, and gadgets, such as liver pads, which contained a spot of red pepper and glue, which, when <laughs> melted, provided a sense of warmth and good health. Yikes. So, snake oil salesman. Yeah, coming for to town. sure. Medicine yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. What a great description. I know. And Fun. then just to travel from sound to, yeah. town to town. And yeah, again, this movie's right in itself. Jugglers. Yeah, I know. for sure. Yeah. I can just see this. I, uh, you know... I, I love too. it. I know. I love it. So she just, there's so much little flavor and background going yeah. on in the life. Even when we think like, oh, things are getting kind of slow. And yeah, boring. but not really. But not really. No. And you know, I was thinking today, I, it might be a good time to bring up how we're on Facebook and Instagram, but we're back in Step Rock in Facebook and Instagram. For yes. those living in, in the podcast world, you're ahead of the game. Oh, way ahead. So as the video editor, me, I'm looking at this and I just cannot wait to research a medicine show. Oh, And, right. you know, so I'm getting to see things that I'm going to edit in the future and I can go through my head given ideas now coming into my head now. So, oh, that's so good. So I'm so glad we got ahead. Exactly. Yeah, this is real. It this helps is beneficial. me a lot. Too. I know. And it's just a lot of fun to see it like, is. Oh, what's happening now. Yeah. So anyway. Very nice. August 7th, 1934. It was too hot to do anything today. 
This is election day. I don't know who I want. I'm not interested so much, except for Truman. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, she's 15, 16? She's 17. 17 here. Yeah, she just turned 17 okay, this right. year. That's right. And of course, she is talking about the man who will become our future president, Harry S. Right. Truman, who was running for Senate in Missouri in 1934. Oh, of course. Yep. He, he was from Missouri. That's right. right. He wins this election, and Elizabeth must have been very happy about that. Right. In his first term as senator, Truman spoke out against corporate greed and the dangers of Wall Street and other special interests that were attaining too much influence. He served on the very high-profile Appropriations and Interstate Commerce Committee, and he was largely ignored <laughs> and had trouble getting calls returned from the White House. Uh-huh. That's too bad, because they were on the same party. The, uh, Hoover and Truman. And, no, Roosevelt and Roosevelt Truman. Roosevelt and Truman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Roosevelt's advisors knew that Roosevelt uh-huh. probably wasn't going to live through a fourth term. Right. And the vice president at the time was somebody named Wallace, and they thought, nobody wants mm-hmm. Wallace, so mm-hmm. we need to switch out. And they mm-hmm. picked Harry Truman to be oh, his running mate for that last term. And then, of course, Roosevelt drops dead after 82 days. And then Truman has to take over. After 82 days in his fourth term. In his fourth term. Fourth term. I know. The war's over. Yeah. I mean... He, he saw the Great Depression through. He saw the war through. Yeah. I mean, that man... I know. Unbelievable. I mean, what a What a man. And to suffer from polio, extreme pain most pain. of his life, pain. all at the same time. Yeah. You'd never know it. Look at right. those pictures. Speaking of that CCC, there's a great picture I have for our gallery that I'll be adding to our Patreon after this. And it's a picture of Roosevelt and some other old guys sitting at a table and all the CCC young men are behind them. Mm. Someone must have said something funny because they're uh, all like laughs and smile. And, and Roosevelt just looks so proud yeah. and like st- ramrod straight posture. It just not, looks so youthful. Yeah. And not everybody not. liked him. I of mean, course not. Of course not. But I mean, as far as the... We got a comment on one of our videos a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. about how uh, a, one of our viewers saw a piece about Roosevelt and she said, my parents or grandparents owned a cotton farm and we didn't want to plow. We didn't mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. plow up our cotton field, right. what we were demanded by the government right. that we were told to plow up every third row. Uh-huh. We didn't want to do that. And it destroyed our farm. That's what she said. I yeah. saw that. Remember? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean... Again, not. I mean, not all of his policies were necessarily effective. Uh, that's true. O- or they didn't last for the long term. Right. Right. They and were a so, Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, I think that her farm would have probably been a heck of a lot worse off yeah. without these programs. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? I would think so. So. I mean, they were trying to I, raise the price of cotton by not gr- overgrowing correct. it. Correct. Yeah. So, right. I don't know. So you had to keep the price down. So. Yeah. I don't understand farm subsidies and how they work. Yeah. But I hate that they lost their farm. And, right. And I was going to, as we got closer to that time in history, mm-hmm. kind of look up and see like mm-hmm. where the New Deal fell apart mm-hmm. and what could have been done to fix it and why it fell apart. Yes, that's right. Because programs like this don't have to fall apart if you can find ways to twist them. And But it's right. just government. Well, that's effective government. Well, Exactly. Yeah. Good luck finding yeah, the, and one. And you know what that is? I know, right? I that mean, is, no matter what time in history you look, good yeah. luck finding an effective... Well, f- go to the 1930s in America. Well, yeah. Is where you need to go. I guess Because so. yeah. that, 
back then was huge government. It we'll was. say enormous government. Yes. You want to take big government, multiply it times 100, and you have the programs that Roosevelt created mm-hmm. um, with the New Deal. Right. Today, I mean, you know, it, cash for clunkers. Remember that 10 years ago? People mm-hmm. freaked out, you know, small little program like that trying to help the environment. People get angry. Thirty, You know, 1930, it was left and right big government. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. It couldn't have been bigger. Right. And, and, it, been and it helped. It helped. Yep. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One cute thing I'll say about Truman before we move on is that he was presiding over the Senate, just what he normally would do as vice mm-hmm. president. And he had just adjourned the session for the day and was pre- preparing to have a drink in the White House Speaker Sam Rayburn's office when he received an urgent message to go immediately to the White House, where Eleanor Roosevelt told him that her husband had died after a massive cerebral hemorrhage. Truman asked her if there was anything he could do for her. And she replied, is there anything we can do for you? You're the one in trouble wow. now. <laughs> <laughs> Ball's in your court, buddy. Yeah. See ya. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, well. So he died from a hemorrhage. Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. August 8th, 1934. Billy came over. We all read and talked. Francis and I got cleaned up and went to town with him. Ate some of his cakes and puddings. We are all sleeping outside tonight. So it's hot again. It's hot. Is yeah. that why? Yes. Yeah. And then, and this is sleeping outside for fun. Although, yeah. like I said last time they slept outside, I wonder if deep down somewhere in the back it, of her head is like, I don't want I don't want to I, I don't want to uh, sleep outside. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no thanks. I, did I that wonder if they had a for, tent or if it was under the stars. Probably yeah. on the porch. Yeah. You know, right. that, yeah. like I did as a kid. Yeah. Just sleeping yeah. on the, I mean it was safe. Right. So just and, sleeping outside. And they live next door to each other. They could even it's, it makes me think of to kill a mockingbird mm-hmm. and that little town mm-hmm. and scouts walking down the street mm-hmm. and saying hey to everybody in the That's morning and everyone's out on their porch there. maybe i'll grab a screenshot of I that because like that. that's yeah. probably exactly mm-hmm. what bell was like mm-hmm. oh, and, and billy making the cakes and puddings he's just working in the kitchen yep. he's he's an all-around perfect works, it, perfect works guy. in the kitchen mm-hmm. and in the hair dude mm-hmm. department and makes clothes and makes clothes love him God, i need a billy <laughs> you have one <laughs> yes, I, yes i do it, it, yeah, so. but make me a dress <laughs> <laughs> that no i can't i can make ravioli but not a dress <laughs> i'll take it okay. august 9th 1934 Listened to Doug over at Mrs. McKinney's this morning. He sang, I'm Just Dreaming, for Francis. She got a letter from him yesterday. This Doug. God. I know. I swear. He's and a then DJ, right? He, he's like a live singer. Yes. Right? She said he was on WOSU, which mm-hmm. that was the University of Ohio's radio station. Mm-hmm. So then I went online and looked at radio stations from the 1930s, and Jefferson, Jefferson City's City was WOS. So maybe I could see... It was oh, a satellite, is what you're thinking? Like it was a connected from the Ohio State? Like it was... I don't know. I don't know how call letters work or how they get assigned I'll, to people. I'll look at that. But, but he may not have been local, Doug, is what you're saying. He, he well, was a he, national syndicated program. Well, at least he was living in Jefferson City in 1934 oh. working for this radio station. Okay. But he has to exist in the world. But what I was hoping to find was, you see in the newspaper, sometimes they'll have the radio station mm-hmm. and the listing of what will be on. On that day, yes. kind of like old TV. Yep. So I'm like, 
Surely, W-O-S. I, She's always listening to him, though. I mean, There's got to be something. I went into it's newspaper. Doug, Doug, Doug. Yeah. I went into newspapers.com and I looked up yeah. W-O-S-U, Jefferson Nothing? City, kind of hoping something would pop up. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm, st- I'm not going to give up, but well, I cannot find anything yet. We'll, we'll give a Grammy Award to somebody who yes. can find um, Doug. <laughs> we will knit it. And yeah. mail it to you. <laughs> we need to do that. Wouldn't that be so cute? Yeah. We should give awards. To, we have so many wonderful listeners we sure do. who send us tips oh and, God, and help us out. And maybe someone knows about good old Doug Fry's Freer's Freer. How, just, do you know how to spell it offhand? Just no. F R. It's, it's oh, it's her. It's her. Right. It's F R I E S. Okay. Or something like that. It okay. could be F R E I R. It could be F R E I S. I don't know. Doug the radio Doug guy. Doug Freer, Freeze, okay. something. But we got to find him. Somebody find him. Please. Hi, this is Lacey from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. August 13th, 1934. Red and dilly-dallied around this morning. After dinner, Billy came over. He set Mother's hair. She went to a surprise for Brother Maples. I wish I had a fella. I've had someone on my mind for a long time, but I won't even confess it here. Oh, hold on, girl. That's not right. Uh-uh. That's, that's what the diary is for. Seriously, confess <laughs> it, girl. I know, and this is why <laughs> we can her. also say she knew people were going to read this diary. Exactly. Otherwise, she'd say who it was. That's right. And nothing in the paper to report about this party, which was shocking oh, yeah? to me because <laughs> Reverend Maples is the Baptist mm-hmm. minister. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he had a surprise, mm-hmm. then surely it would have been mm-hmm. the paper. Yeah, I don't know where the reporter was spying through somebody else's window that yeah. night, but we didn't get it. <laughs> you know, when you look at old pictures of Elizabeth, her mother, even Louie, they all have got great hair. You know, mm. and it j- must go back to Billy, um, you know. or And Pauline Edwards before and him. And Pauline Edwards but before him. curling yeah. and setting their hair, yeah. that's just what they did. And even Louis shots, if you look at him, when he was married, he's got this one little flip of hair. Ooh, right? that's and right. And then the depression comes. He's still got that flip, but it's just this little, you can barely see it, but he's still got that flip going. Aww. And then... You look 30 years down the road, and the poor old guy's bald, but he's got like three little hairs flipped up like that. I know. And I'm thinking Elizabeth does the same thing, and so does her mother, Bess. They care about it a lot. The hair, yeah. It's interesting in the children of Elizabeth, or the children of this family, Elizabeth and Francis and Mm -hmm. Dean's kids, they all describe their mothers as always having their hair perfectly done, always having really nice clothes, because it meant a lot to them once they could afford to do Uh, it. That's right. To not have to ever say the words like, I wish I had shoes, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So they all became little fashion plates. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't think it was in them to begin with, because I, you know, they could all sew. Right. And later we'll see Elizabeth taking a sewing class that she's very Mm. proud of. So yeah, it it just meant a lot to them. I love this. Mm -hmm. August 14th, 1934. There was a baby's funeral at the church. Helen was a pallbearer. After supper, we went to the medicine show. He came around and said a few words. I held his book for him. I hope he... Well... <laughs> She's like drama queen, you know? Who is right? it? I have she an inkling that I who? think I know who it is. Doug? I think it's... The radio guy? I think it's Bill. You do? I don't think she's over Bill yet. I thought Bill it might yet. be Bill, too. Uh-huh. But anyway, they went to a baby's funeral. Yeah. And uh, this was in the paper. 
Paul Sunkel, I don't know how to pronounce his name, the only son of Mr. and Mrs. William Sunkel of Drake, died very suddenly Sunday, August 12, 1934, at the Deaconese Hospital in St. Louis. Paul became ill the last day of July with an infected foot and was treated by physicians here until Saturday, August 4th, when he was taken to the hospital and operated upon immediately. He seemed to improve, but failed to recuperate sufficiently to overcome the operation. Oh, my. And her sister Helen was a pallbearer at so his I guess funeral. they had the children. What? Carry... The children carrying? Oh, yeah. Good Lord. I do find that to be a little bit morbid. But mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. But it was a baby. So it wouldn't have been heavy. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. but that's so sad. But it was in the paper. August 16th, 1934. Ironed this morning. Finished after dinner. Frances and I went up to the school for her to register. She can't take a postgraduate course. I got my schedule fixed up. We went to town after having lemonade and cookies on the porch. After supper, we went to the show. It's the last tonight. They gave away a tea set. I hate to see it leave. School starts Monday. So active. I know. Lots of things are going on. I Mm -hmm. guess, you know, it's coming up to school time and Mm -hmm. fall is in the air, you know, and the medicine shows in town. This has been a a good week. But they gave away a tea tea set. set. Oh, I bet she wished she had won that tea Mm -hmm. set. How fun Mm -hmm. is that? August 17th, 1934. Billy came over. He set Francis's hair. We talked a long time. He didn't leave until Mother and I went to see Mrs. Jones. Just another sweet little moment with Billy. Mm -hmm. One thing that we had seen in the entries a couple of episodes ago Mm -hmm. is that sometimes Billy would deliver groceries. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that Fred Underwood, at some point in the 1930s, bought the little grocery Mm -hmm. store that he worked in. And I found a big advertisement for it in the Bell Banner. Really? Yeah, so I'm going to put it in the paper. Fred's grocery store, you mean? Yeah. So it says Underwood. Oh, look at that. Uh Uh-huh. And it has all the things that are on sale. And the prices. And the prices, you can get a can of tomatoes for 25 cents. Yeah. You can get two tall cans of salmon for 25 cents. Wow. Yep. You can get a can of peas for 10 cents. So he said, the ad, hmm. our ad says, we have the best meats and most reasonable prices in town. And it says right here, we deliver. Ah, and that was Billy's Billy job. Billy was yeah. the delivery boy. There you have it. Interesting. August 18th, 1934. Washed my hair, went down and had Billy set it. After supper, they took Mrs. Davis to the hospital in Jefferson City. Uh-oh. Billy is busy setting this whole family's I, I'm hair. You. <laughs> it's like every day. Billy's like, all right, come on in, girl. And we know what happened to Billy. I mean, yes. his general story, so. Yes, we do. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait I to, to give a lovely little presentation mm-hmm. about Billy's life. It's a fabulous life. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Mrs. Davis, everybody on the Bell Banner is going to have to know about this operation. <laughs> and it said, That's Mrs. J.C. Davis, wife of the lumber yard manager here, was to have undergone an operation for the removal of the appendix at 9 9.30 o'clock this morning. Uh. She was taken to St. Mary's Hospital in Jefferson City Sunday night after several days of illness, but an operation was not advised until late last night. Her mother, her sister came this Sunday to be with her. Mr. Davis also was in Jefferson City today, appearing to be doing fine. <laughs> 
cares how he's doing. <laughs> the okay. friends here they were are both interested. Fine. Oh yeah. So Mr. They Davis Mr. Davis is hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yeah. But her appendix is out. So gosh, <laughs> right. so many appendicitis yeah, right? operations. And what happens if you don't do if you don't like cut in immediately? You well, can it'll die. explode in the bile, yeah. get in your body and poison I mean, you. Right. Make you septic, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um You're not? But no. <laughs> <laughs> you were brain surgeon. Give me time. Oh, I really? wish. Yeah. But I do find it odd that there have been so many appendicitis mm-hmm. things and, and mm-hmm. in her family mm-hmm. and now in her neighbor. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on? Well, what stressor causes your appendix to act up? I don't know. August 20th, 1934. Well, school started today. I went all morning. Have typing and bookkeeping under Mulgrove, hygiene under Branson, music under Ream. Went until two this afternoon, came home and went to town with Francis and Helen. After supper, I just sat around, worked out some things. It has rained all day and is rather cool. Just like a regular old school day, I am a full-fledged senior. So I love that she's listing out her little teachers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, one of them was new to town because mm-hmm. the Bell Banner had an article called that says, Contract in Today. Miss Mulgrove signs agreement to teach here. Mm. The contract of Miss Elizabeth Mulgrove employed last week as teacher in the high school to teach a mathematics course and commercial subjects was received this morning by Tom Tynes, clerk of the board. Miss Mulgrove's home is Perry, near Kirkville. She comes to Bell highly recommended. She is a graduate of the Central Missouri State Teachers College at Warrensburg and has attended other institutions. You hmm. think she'd be real easy to find. I know her yeah, name. She's not. I know where she's from. Mm-hmm. I made her old. I made her very young. <laughs> I tried all kinds of parameters. Yeah. I cannot find Miss Elizabeth Mulgrove to save and my that's life. That's an odd name, too. It is. Huh. I, and I tried Mulgrave because, yeah. you know, the Bell Banner. Right. I tried Mulgrew. I can't, mm-hmm. and I just all got all these Nothing? English people. Nothing. And I was even able to put. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, Perry, mm-hmm. um, which is nearby, not too far away from Bell, um, can't figure out they call her miss but i guess they call you Mm. miss no matter how old you are back then if you aren't married so very frustrating i think maybe she's you know undercover she's (laughs) on the lam she's a hardened criminal (laughs) and she's posing as a high school teacher here in (laughs) typing and bookkeeping though Mm, yes and yeah but she's a math teacher yeah right with other commercial yeah teach these things right and i didn't know she was taking a hygiene course remember she had signed up for like bookkeeping typing english and music right they threw some hygiene at her too i guess that's like how to be proper and stuff well or how to just be clean and germ free like how she had to write that paper about mosquitoes and how illness that's right so i guess they're just trying to like measles are still a thing polio is still a thing gotcha so yeah i guess it's pretty serious cool 
August 21, 1934. Went to school all day. Went to town several times. When I was getting supper, Bernard came and stayed a long time. Afterwards, Mabel came by, took Frances home with her. She took Bernard and me for a little ride. We sat on the porch. After he left, John Mollock and Ray Lowe from St. James came by in their peach truck. They wanted me to go with them, but I didn't. Bernice came by for a few minutes, and I helped Dean with her lessons. Okay. So she's talking about these St. James boys. And yeah. at first I thought it was another high school, but mm-hmm. it's another town, town that's about 30 minutes mm. from Bell, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And Bernard has the hots for Elizabeth. His name was Bernard Arthur Glenn, and he was born in March of 1916. He was the brown-haired, blue-eyed, oldest child of Lloyd and Rosa. His dad was a boiler maker on the railroad. Mm. Now, his dad does not appear on the census in 1930, although his wife does, and she's listed as being a married woman. Mm -hmm. But by the 1940 census, dad is still not around, and mom is listed as being a widow. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know why he wasn't on the 1930 census. Yeah. But I I don't know. Okay. But what's interesting is Lloyd, Bernard's dad, who's supposed to be dead, is very much alive. (laughs) (laughs) He dies in 1957. And actually, the mom dies in 1948, Mm -hmm. and they're buried in the same cemetery, not next to each other. Uh Their graves look totally different. Uh But isn't that funny? Was she bamboozled, or was she lying? Wonder wonder why. But she's definitely in the census as being a widow. widow. And Lloyd's alive. Now, what if she was remarried after Lloyd, and then that new husband died? Would she be a widow? Do you know what I mean? Right, except that except it didn't show her ever. Well, ever unless again. she had like a really quick. A little six-monther. Or, or even like a nine-yearer, but it right. happened in a non-census right. year. I mean, Something it could like have happened, that, but she still had still the last widow. name Glenn, yeah. though. Right. Oh, well, then there's your answer. Yeah, I huh. don't know. So I thought that was really interesting. That is weird. Somebody bamboozled, I think, is the word Yes. Uh, yes. But their little boy, Bernard, who has a crush on Elizabeth, mm-hmm. will grow up and become the operator of a grain elevator in Missouri. <laughs> he marries a young woman named Anna, and he dies in 1995. And he has a tiny little obituary that just says that he died and that he's been cremated and where the service is going to be but lists zero family no no children no wife bernard nothing so i don't know what really happened to Mm. bernard now i can't find ray or roy Mm -hmm. low maybe because i don't know if it's ray or roy but i did find john mollick yeah john was born in 1918 and his parents were both from italy they were immigrants his father didn't even speak english Mm. but his mother mary did and so did he and his father was listed as being a fruit vendor Mm. so hence driving the peach truck when he came to see elizabeth and working for his family. This is the second family of Italian immigrants we've mm-hmm. met who become fruit it sellers. It sure is. The Isn't gentles. That neat? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I thought that was cool. In 1940, John will be quite the patriot and sign up for World War II. He will join the military as a private. And in 1942, he is killed in action. Oh, no. Yeah. Aww. So another sweet. Okay. Sweet little face that Elizabeth knew that invited her to go somewhere and Aww. she didn't go. And now. And now. The war.
August 23, 1934. Went to school all day, came home and ironed. After supper, Dot came over. We went down to the drugstore and then over to her house, played the piano, sat on the bank steps and talked to some more kids. There's a fall festival at Bland. Hank and Sam asked us to go, but we didn't have a way. Just 176 more days left of school. She's counting. <laughs> now she wants out of school. Yeah, gosh. So I guess they went 180 days back then, just like you Is do that now. Right? Isn't that interesting? Oh. I thought school was so, so much she's... more like, eh. Yeah, you know, laissez-faire, yeah. I know. But yes, there is a festival in Bland. We'll learn mm-hmm. about that. But I was looking for, you know, as always, things of interest in mm-hmm. the paper. Mm-hmm. And in the August 23rd issue, the headline says, Million loaned past 16 months. Renewed hope and better morale, best results of Farm Mortgage Act. Hmm. So this was another FDR program mm-hmm. that you could go and refinance your mm-hmm. old debts mm-hmm. that the interest rates had flown through the roof because of the Depression. Mm-hmm. And as St. Louis, they were reporting, the Federal Land Bank of St. Louis on Wednesday, August 15th, crossed the $100 million mark in loans closed since May 1st, 1933, wow. the start of the farm mortgage refinancing campaign, hmm. according to an announcement made today by Walter L. Rust president of the bank. Since May 1, 1933, in less than 16 months since the passage of the Emergency Farm Mortgage Act, 33,169 loans were closed. Hmm. Approximately 90 million of this amount has not been represented new debts, but the refinancing of debts already owned. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. So they're giving these ba- people mm-hmm. a chance to not have to sell their farm, not mm-hmm. have to like Burt Myers had Myers. to sell his car, mm-hmm. maybe refinance everything, get a lower interest rate mm-hmm. and have a long period of time to pay it back. So that's pretty great. Sure. That's another great pro. And it was in the paper. Wow. So I thought it was relevant. August 24th, 1934. School got out early today for a class meeting. Bill is our president. Ralph, Vice President, Willard, Secretary, and Aura is Treasurer. I got a letter from Bernard at noon. After school, I went to town and talked to Violet. Dot caught up with me before I got home. I went back with her. After a hurried supper, went to Bernice's. We rode around until I found a white coat. Went to Bland to the fall festival with them. Miss Mulgrove went along. Had a good time. So what's wonderful about this listing of her class student body mm-hmm. what do you call it a government <laughs> is it was in the paper hmm? and bill terrell head seniors <laughs> bill terrell son of attorney and mrs john terrell friday was elected president of the senior class at the high school in class organizations meetings other officers elected were vice president ralph roher secretary william geik treasurer aura ridenauer official reporter victoria maples E.A. Kaiser superintendent was elected class sponsor. So, yay, good for Bill. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why she has her eye on Bill. Bill's he's a, a big pop- wig. He's a popular fellow. Yeah, and his so is his dad. His dad's the big fancy attorney. Yeah, but let's not forget that, remember, Grandpa Underwood, wasn't he sheriff at one point? So she comes from a oh. rather, you know, fine stock. Yes, no, his obituary was mm-hmm. all the contributions he'd made to right. town. I mean, they were all like the fancy people. Yeah. I bet when Grandma was alive, she loved the fact that Elizabeth was going out with a Terrell. Yeah, Because right. they were another, yeah. and, and the Wallaces. Yeah. The Wallaces yeah. are super fancy, too. Huh. But there was a little thing in the paper about the festival. <clears throat> oh, good. 
have to go to the festival. Uh, the weatherman attended the Bland Fall Festival <laughs> in all his glory, but he was not alone, for people of the countryside around were also present, all enjoying the hospitality of Bland and her residents. Merchants there are telling of large sales Saturday, the largest, they say, since pre-Depression days. Cooperation and a friendly spirit for the town did it. So that's where Elizabeth went with her school teacher and some friends, which is so cool. Yeah. August 26, 1934. Went to Sunday school in church this morning. Dot came over on her bike, and I went home with her. She came back and ate dinner with me. We went down to her house and played a lot of new music. Bernice and Gladys came up. We went to the drugstore. We were sitting in a bench talking to Atwell and Bud. Othello's Sam and Bill took us riding, went to the baptizing, ate supper with Dot. Dot went to the show with Bud. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's a busy day. That is a busy and that's day. a Sunday, all that yeah. running around. Yeah. But anyway, I had mentioned in last episode that we were going to meet Gladys, mm-hmm. and you'll know why in a minute. But Gladys was born in 1919 to G.R. and Lizzie Steiner. Her dad was the postman in Bell, oh. and she married Harold Lang in 1938. And we just met Harold Lang in the last episode because he was having a party at his house, and these two older men were inviting Elizabeth. Mm. And she went, but she didn't have a great time because mm-hmm. she came home with Billy. Anyhow, Harold and Gladys get married. In 1947, they have the first of two sons that they will have. Harold will be working in a shoe factory in Bell in 1940, but in 1950, they move to Rolla, and he's working in a grocery store. I think their marriage falls apart because he dies in 2000, and she's not mentioned anywhere in his obituary, Mm. and she doesn't die until 2006. But again, after 1950, I can't find anything, so I don't know. But, oh, it makes me sad. They grew apart. They just grew apart. August 27th, 1934. Francis and I went to Jefferson City with Mr. Davis, Buddy, and Margaret to see Mrs. Davis in St. Mary's Hospital. We three girls went walking to the Capitol. Some boys followed us and stopped, but we didn't say anything to them. Mm-hmm. So as the newspaper had said, she's mm-hmm. there in St. Mary's Hospital, and they all went up to visit. And of course, wow. they would have walked down to the Capitol, because the Capitol was a relatively new building. And it's beautiful. Oh, my. It's oh. humongous. Yes. The present Capitol is the third to stand in Jefferson City. The first was built in 1826, and it burned. The next one was built in the 1880s. It also burned mm. in 1911 in one of the most spectacular fires in Missouri's history, they say. And a few months later, a special election was held and Missourians approved the issuance of $3.5 million for a new capital. And it's huge. You look at it, it's just like ornate. I know. And it's, it's a beautiful. museum inside. Yeah. Apparently, it's inside is like a couple of hundred acres. Yeah, it's I mean, huge. It, it's I know. Amazing. It's amazing. It is. I, yeah. I know. So I'll definitely have a picture put up. We're going there when we go mm. out there. Oh, we we're have going to. to the Capitol building. Oh, I have to see it. I she mean, went there, so we're going there. Yeah, and it has an art museum in it. Yeah, it does. So it'll represent Missourians, I imagine. I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. So the Bell Banner is doing a new thing. They're asking for happy birthday announcements. Oh, so good. whether it's you or your friend, send it in. And I bet Elizabeth is so mad because they're doing this in August and her birthday was Aww. in April. Because somebody would have for sure, Billy sure. or Bernice, would yeah. be like, happy birthday, Elizabeth. <laughs> but so we have one for August 29th. 
and it's Bill's dad. Oh. The Banner readers are interested in your birthday more than anything else. Call or write this office and tell us of your approaching birthday or that of your friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's the starter. And then they get so into it. It was the 67th milestone yesterday for Judge John W. Terrell, prominent Mary's County lawyer and Democratic leader, for he rounded out just that many years. He was born August 29, 1867, and all through the years, the life of this prominent figure has been touched with interesting incidents and marked with successful and noteworthy achievements. A driver of oxen through a stage of rail splitting and on and on to a school teacher, and huh. finally a lawyer and a practitioner nationally known. Wow. Wow. Okay. So remember when grandma died and I was like, too bad you have to be dead to get a nice thing written (laughs) in the paper? (laughs) John got one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. His obituary was really nice too. Mm -hmm. We read that a long time ago. So yeah, super fancy guy. Neat. Happy birthday. August wrap-up, 1934. Was with Lewis once, Ray Doris once, Bernard Glenn once, John once, and was stood up once by Bernard. Rex has gone to California, went to Jefferson City twice. There's her list. Yeah, but who are these people? Yeah. She's... I don't remember her talking about anybody right. other than Bernard. Right. So, gosh. Well, and, and I do remember John, and they went on a car ride together, yeah. and I guess she considered that a date because he mm. sat with her. So, yeah, I think, s- some you know, of these guys. They're f- maybe fleeting, you know, Very. perhaps a 15-minute talk. Like maybe he said, hey, let's go a have a Dixie cup exactly. and dance in the drugstore. Yeah. And- or just see each other in the drugstore and yeah. say, hi, that's a date. <laughs> it might be. You know? Because otherwise, why didn't she say, yeah. oh, I'm going Louis out with Ray. Louis tonight? Yeah. Why didn't she say We've it? heard Louis before, though. Well, in, the, in, the very, in the very beginning of the diaries, there's a Louis. Louis Biles, the yes. CCC guy. Is that him? Mm, no. Oh. No. No, not oh, the C- Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because he's already, they've already moved on. Then they never dated. Okay. So who's to say? Yep. September 2nd, 1934. Went over to see Mrs. Davis after Sunday school. She came home yesterday. After dinner, Dot came over. Francis and I went with her. We got Leora, went down to Dot's and played the piano. Went to the drugstore. I went with Dot's family and Othello to the show at Owensville. Girl from Missouri. Cool. She's back to the movies, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of Mr. Da- uh, Mrs. Davis, mm-hmm. her improvement was noticed in the Bell Banner. Oh, yeah? Mrs. J.C. Davis, who underwent an appendix operation in a Jefferson City hospital last Thursday morning, is reported much improved after the operation and may be removed to the family home Sunday. Right. So Mrs. Davis had a name, not just Mrs. J.C. Her name was Grace. And she will survive this appendicitis and continue on with her life and her husband, J.C., and her little son, Buddy, mm-hmm. that we met earlier. Elizabeth had played with Buddy mm-hmm. in his little, with his car, mm-hmm. and we were hoping his name was Buddy Slinkman. Yes, right. Because I we thought, Buddy yes, Slinkman. But he wasn't a Slinkman. He mm-hmm. was Buddy Davis. He just mm-hmm. happened to be in the Slinkman's yard with mm-hmm. Elizabeth. And I have a picture. Of Buddy Davis. Oh, yeah? And he's cute. And Elizabeth thinks he's the cutest little boy. And she oh, yeah? talks about how cute he is. And he is cute. J.C., mm-hmm. Mr. Davis, ends up moving his entire family to Jefferson City to work in a lumber mill. And he'll die in 1947 from a brain tumor. Yeah. 
Buddy's real name was J.C., just like his father's. It was Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And his older sister, Margaret, Elizabeth's friend, we've seen her pop up here and there. Mm -hmm. Margaret was actually born in Oklahoma. We know they live in Bell. We know they live in Jefferson City. Mm -hmm. And then she married a man who took her away to San Antonio. Her husband was a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. So that's the Davis family and all I know about them. September 4th, 1934. Went to school came home, and ripped up Grandma's black satin dress to make me one. I wish Daddy would hurry and come home. So I thought that was interesting that she's taken, Grandma probably had a bigger Victorian, lots of fabric, Mm. black, fancy, maybe the Mm. very one that she's wearing in the pictures Mm -hmm. we have. It's a black dress she's wearing. I bet it is. And so Elizabeth is recycling, cutting it up. I want, I wish. She probably made four dresses out of the one dress. Yeah, right. But maybe they all got a little something out of it. But I think that's really cool. That is. And of course, dad's working, thank Mm -hmm. God. But they're Mm -hmm. sad because Mm -hmm. he's in all over the South buying lumber. So it's a big job. Mm. September 6th, 1934. Went to school all day, came home and did one thing and then another. Dot came by and took me home with her. Virginia came up. We danced, went to the drugstore. Doc came in there and took us riding in his swell Chevrolet. I started home and met Ira. He came home with me and waited for Francis until church was out. Gee, I wish I had a boyfriend. A show enough one who really liked me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, did she write that? She always a writes show enough. enough. Show enough. And she does S H O. Yes, and she does the little apostrophes. Yeah. You know, enough is N U F F. Show enough. But Ira is dating Francis, so Francis is never hurting mm-hmm. for a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But it is surprising how little we know of Francis in this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she, guess, they're maybe not. Maybe she's out doing her own thing. Maybe she's at work. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. But they were fast as. Thick yeah. as thieves, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in the past, and right. now they're kind of and different. Stuff, right. And of course, yeah. Helen and Dean are almost completely invisible. Right. I mean, other than helping them with homework, these and kids being a don't Paul exist. Bear. Yeah. yeah. Right. I know. Mm-hmm. But maybe she'll have a chance to meet a new fella because the first Bell picnic did so well, mm-hmm. they're doing it again. Okay. Here it is from the paper. Picnic days, again Friday and Saturday. Weekends thrills, final outdoor celebration for Bell and community. Tomorrow and Saturday promises another two-day gala affair for adults and children, and after Saturday picnic days, we'll be over for another season, according to Lewis Wallace, sponsor in charge. The picnic is to be held in Wallace Grove here. An athletic show to take on all comers is promised, with a Ferris wheel and kitty ride for the children. Dancing both nights with music furnished by Sandy Serenaders is another entertainment feature. Between 3,000 and 4,000 attended the last picnic held here, and a full two days' time was held. Mr. Wallace sponsored this picnic, which measured success in every way. He promises even a greater holiday affair for Belle this weekend. And then, because it's the paper comes out mm-hmm. every week, right underneath it, it says, Picnic in Deficit. <laughs> No, no. Cool and damp weather cut the attendance at the picnic Friday and Saturday noticeably. Several hundred attended Saturday night. Dancing, Ferris wheel, and an athletic show were featured of the affair, but it failed to make profits, showing a deficit of $7 to the sponsor, 
Louis Wallace. Seven dollars? I know. That's, well, he only yeah. owed seven, but seven not, bucks was a lot of money. I guess it was. But not that much. So no. he pretty much broke even. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor Louis Wallace. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to latch on to a good thing and mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. He was born in Mary's County in 1880, and he grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. In 1914, he married a woman named Bertha, but that marriage didn't last very long because by 1920, he's living back at home with his mom and dad. But have no fear. By 1930, he's married a woman 16 years Mm. younger than him Mm -hmm. and has Mm. two children, Howard and Harold. He's listed on the census as for a living doing odd jobs. (laughs) (laughs) um, Nothing odd about throwing a big picnic and trying to make some big money. But he did a lot of things in his life after Mm -hmm. this. He'll be a truck driver. He'll be a farm manager. So he's just a Mm. scrappy guy out there looking for work with that much younger wife. He dies in 1996 at the age of 86. Mm. So good old Lewis Wallace. Entrepreneur, that's what we'll call him. (laughs) September 7th, 1934. Went to school all day, came home and did around. After supper, I went by for Dot. We had to go to the picnic grounds and see about Helen. We went to church after we had a Coke. Francis went with us. I walked home with Dot. We were going to go to the drugstore, but I lost my dime. It made me so mad. I'm so tired. And then here we say, where's Francis and the kids? And they both show up in this entry. (laughs) Right. And there they are. But I did look up what a dime would be worth today. I was typing that into my computer right now. What what is it? $2.25. Oh, that's probably a loss. That's a a significant loss. Sure. And you know, back in Step Rock, she got a Coke and a popcorn and a Uh hamburger for five cents. Five cents. So a dime... She could have gotten a lot yeah. of stuff at that drugstore. Oh, I bet she was mad. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. I hate it when she says she's so tired. I know. That just means she's down in the dumps. Yep. That's right. September 8th, 1934. Washed and ironed this morning. Francis and I both felt badly, so we lay around all afternoon. Leora came, and I went home and exchanged dresses with her. Went to the picnic. Bernard, Tip, and Jerry were there. We hunted everywhere for a girl and finally found Deb. Bernard and I rode the Ferris wheel. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no. Those St. James boys. Yeah, I can't find yeah. Tip and Jerry. Uh-huh. They're St. James boys. Mm-hmm. And since I don't know their last name and I can't walk around St. James like I'm doing in Bell. Right. And I couldn't find Deb. I figured Deb was a local. Uh-huh. There's not one girl on the 1930 census mm. whose name was Deb. Mm. But I always think when I'm looking for people like that and I can't find them, mm-hmm. you would have never found Elizabeth on the 1930 census there either because she was living yeah, in Monticello. That's true. So if you were and doing... very true. Yeah, if you're doing research, yeah. people just disappear in those 10 yeah, years. It's sure. so hard. Mm-hmm. Everybody, check in. Well, they should do a uh, census every five years, at that'd least. Be, that'd be nice. Yeah. Just to have a... Re- but you know what took its place, though, were phone books. Right. So you could, if you're in the area, and you find a lot of phone books on Ancestry, but what an undertaking that would be. Oh, for sure. Oh my God. Some some of those little Mormons need to get together and start on phone books (laughs) around the world. (laughs) (laughs) September 10th, 1934. Stayed after school for Glee Club organization. I'm going to sing soprano. I walked home with Dot. We stopped by Bill's office for a few minutes. I wish he would at least be friendly to me. He hardly speaks. I wish I could express my thoughts right now. 
Remind me what Bill's office is? I have no idea. Oh. Everybody gets a job and they call it an office. Okay. So he could be working at the back of the drugstore. They okay. just call it the office. Mm. But this is why I think she was talking about Bill earlier mm-hmm. when she said, I won't confess, dear diary. Yeah. Because she's like, I wish I could express my thoughts right now. Ah. Why isn't he talking to me? He could at least speak to me. Ah, I don't you're think right. she's over him. And right. now that he's playing hard to get, she's ooh, on him. She wants it. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> September 12th, 1934. Went to school all day. Went to town with Francis. Went over to Leora's and helped her bake a devil's food cake. After supper, Francis and I went down to Dot's and then to prayer meeting. We took a little walk afterwards. Gee, I wish I had a steady fellow. I won't confess to anyone. Not even you, dear diary. Oh! My God! I wish she would just... Just let it out. Release it, girl. Release it. She knew we were going to be reading this. She she did. Exactly. September 13th, 1934. Went to school all day. It rained all day, so Leora couldn't have her girl party tonight. After school, I came home and helped Dean with her arithmetic. After the supper, I read the paper and mended my hose. I got a letter from Bernard yesterday. He sent me his bracelet. I sent it back and told him I couldn't go. Gee, I'm so tired. I don't guess I'll get to go to Lynn to the ball game tomorrow night. <laughs> well, maybe if Bernard had stuck around, he could have given you a ride. But Bernard... What's with the bracelet? Well, you know what I think? My dad had an mm-hmm. ID bracelet mm-hmm. that he made in New York City during mm-hmm. World War II. Mm-hmm. And I, dad never wore... <laughs> bracelets right and i asked him why he had it and he goes well all the guys were doing it so okay. i got one too and i wondered if it was just like just one of those like, little metal yeah. id bracelets yeah. you know interesting and but she sent it back good yeah, for her right return yeah return to sender address unknown <laughs> yeah <laughs> september 14th 1934 went to school all day walked with bill to school after supper i came home had to go to town in the rain After supper, a bunch of kids came. Dean's bunch and Bill came, and we danced and cut up. Had a lot of fun laughing when we watched the kids dancing through the window. They were just learning how. Okay, I can see this on the Netflix show, too. Yeah. Bill comes over. They're Mm -hmm. rekindling a romance, Mm -hmm. perhaps. Mm -hmm. All the kids are sitting on the porch. You can hear the music. through the Probably one of the songs Doug was singing, like Little Dutch Mill or something. Isn't that that just the greatest? We got to make this a movie. I mean, I'm just itching. I can see it. I I can can see see the lighting. I can see the costuming. Yes. Uh, Yes. uh. September 17th, 1934. Came home from school and sat around. Went to town. Returned Earlene's music. Sat in Davis's yard with Helen, Margaret, Buddy, and Mrs. Davis. After supper, Dean, Helen, and I went to Bland with Mr. Davis, Buddy, and Margaret. Francis stayed with Mrs. Davis. We came back and made fudge over there. Buddy entertained us, the little doll. <laughs> As usual, I've been very blue today. Oh. oh, it sounds like she's having such a great day, but she's still blue. <laughs> oh, it makes me sad. But anyway, I love that we have a picture of little Buddy. September 18th, 1934. Stayed for glee club practice after school. After supper, I read the paper. Francis went up to Mabel's. I went over to Leora's. We went walking, sat on the corner, and talked. I told her my secret that I have been keeping for so long. I don't think she'll tell anyone. I had to tell her. 
I think it's Bill. I think it's I like Bill. Yes, still. that's the secret. Go ask him if he likes that's me. That's exactly <laughs> right. I bet she deep down wishes that uh, Leora will tell one person in particular. Yeah, right. <laughs> I remember those games. Right. <laughs> September 20th, 1934. Had to play for Glee Club in the assembly this morning. Francis and I took Buddy to town. He's getting cuter all the time. Talked to Bill. After supper, Mabel came over, took us riding, parked in front of our house. She's spending the night. September 21st, 1934. Had a class meeting after school and elected a candidate for the fair queen. Lil was selected. Velma was here when I got home. Billy came by and we went to Mrs. Fonville's with her to see if she had any butter. I had to go to town after I got home. After supper, read the paper. I had a speed test in typing. I got 12 words a minute. Tw- Hold on. <laughs> 12, 12 words. She's just starting. Okay. So remember, All right. do you remember taking those typing oh, tests? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I actually took to a keyboard. I did They too. called it in yeah. high school. I don't know Where how you many. you have to do that. Yes. Switch the thing. Yeah. So you type the whole thing and yeah. then they just count how many words you yeah. got, right? So I'm yeah. sure she typed more words than 12. She just didn't spell them correctly. Uh, okay. Yeah, because remember, it'd be like the little yeah. red fox jumped and in. And if you and spelled fox, F-C-C, then it would not It would count. not count as a word. Right. Yeah, so they have to all be spelled right. So otherwise, I'd be like, click. I know, right? <laughs> but it's things like that that make the move, that, you know, little details like that. We're yeah. talking about the movie and the series. Little details like that. Like, or for your videos. Yeah, right. You know, a yeah. little old-fashioned. Oh, so yeah. cute. Or like keyboard. women in little typing classes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. cute. But Right. So they had, they're electing the fair queen. And of course, someone from the bell mm-hmm. banner was hiding behind the fern in the corner and got all the tea. So it's, <laughs> right. it was the article is popular girl to be named. Students at the high school Friday elected girls to represent each of the four classes for popularity, honor and queen of the bell school and community fair to be held Friday and Saturday, October 26th and 27th. Aspirants instead of hmm. candidates, as, uh, aspirating, ah, you know, aspiring. Yes, aspiring. Miss Lillian Terrell, Miss Dorothy Johnson, Miss Lorraine Whithouse, Miss Margaret Davis. Uh-huh. We know Margaret. Miss Terrell will represent the senior class. She is a brunette. Her weight is 115 pounds <laughs> at the height of 5'5. Five five. She is the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. DeWitt Terrell. Mm. Um, excuse me, my weight. That's hilarious. And then, of course, it lists everybody else's height, weight, and hair color. So, and and we do find out that Margaret Davis is a blonde, and she's the only blonde in the contest. So, mm -hmm. do they make that clear? They do. They literally say she's she's the only only blonde blonde in the contest. Her weight is also 115 pounds. Okay, and she's five four. Oh my lord! So students and townspeople will vote for their favorite. Ew. (laughs) Well, that's fine. Last. The successful girl will ride about the city on the most beautiful float in the parade hmm. the evening of the fair and is to be crowned queen of the festival in all regal splendor and majestic realm during Friday evening's entertainment. <laughs> Why wasn't Elizabeth in that? Well, we do know that she will Eventually. be a candidate for a fair queen one day. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that. But good old Lil. Still, good old Lil. no picture. Nothing. We have a picture of Gussie. Nothing a Lil. Mm-hmm. Ugh. September 23rd, 1934. Went to Sunday school and church this morning. Leora ate dinner with us. Her folks had gone to Union. Francis, Leora, and I went over to her house, listened to the radio. Billy came over there. We talked and went to town, got some Dixie cups. 
went to church tonight, walked home with Bill. September 27, 1934. Went to school, played for Erlene, Bernice, and Virginia to sing I Never Had a Chance in the Assembly. Stayed for glee club practice after school. Went to town with Mrs. Mulgrove. Mabel came by tonight. Frances and I went home with her. Went to town and got a Coke. Went back to Mabel's, danced and roasted wieners. Stayed all night with her. Folks were gone. I never had a chance. I thought you cared for me, but now I see I never had a chance. I never had a chance. Oh, you never told me so. Somehow I know I never had a chance. Hmm. I'm assuming she means her folks were gone. I think so. And not, not the Mabel's, Mabel's. Because then that would have been, what are you girls doing all there by yeah, yourself? Yeah, right. No. I wonder where Louie and Bess were. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Did well, we would... know where Louie was. He was somewhere else. Well, Another we town. Well, yeah. She hasn't mentioned that he came home. Right. But where was her mom? Where's Bess? I don't know. Hmm. Again, somebody was still behind the fern in mm-hmm. the school. Yeah, right. Because they Bell captured... Bennett? Mm-hmm. This hole says high school in music this morning. The music department at the high school presented a program of musical features this morning in the assembly. And I'll skip those details to get to the important ones. Oh. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Other numbers were sung by Mrs. Virginia Tellman, Bernice Abel, and mm-hmm. Erlene Johnson with Miss Betty Hartzell at Aww, the piano. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Readings were given by Mrs. Helen Hartzell and oh. then a bunch of other women that we don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's, so there she is again uh-huh. and the second time as Betty in the newspaper so there we go there we go getting answers every day Mm -hmm. so we're going to meet the members of elizabeth's little group one of our singers is virginia tellman i have a picture of virginia she's a handsome lady she was born in august of 1918 and she becomes a working woman right out of school she's a bookkeeper so she was probably in the bookkeeping class Mm -hmm. with elizabeth Mm -hmm. she'll marry a man named john pepper in 1945 and they'll end up having three children too bad they didn't have five like the five little peppers five little peppers I know. But Virginia will always work. She'll work at the McKendry Mm -hmm. College newspaper. She'll work as a banker for a while. And even after she retires, she volunteered at McKendry College. Okay. She died in 1995 at the age of 76. 
And next we have little Earlene Johnson. She was born in 1916, and sometime before 1936, mm-hmm. she marries a man named J.O. Hall. In 1936, they have a little baby boy who dies at childbirth. Ugh. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. And on the 1950 census, they have three young children. So Earlene got her chance to mm. be a sweet little mama, and she died at the age of 63 in 1980. So those are Elizabeth's okay. little friends. September 28, 1934. When I got home from school, Daddy was here. I was certainly glad to see him. After supper, Mother, Francis, Dean, Helen, and I went to choir practice at the church. I hope Daddy can get another job real soon. So he's already without a job again, oh right? Oh, my God. Wow. He just started this job in August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was Is that it? right? All in August, so it's been yes. a month. And at first, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. well, maybe they hired him. Like, oh, go down to these places and buy these mm-hmm. lumber things, and mm-hmm. it was just meant to be temporary. Mm-hmm. But they gave him a car. Yeah, right. Looks like it's a big investment. Like, take the car, and then, but then now we're done with you. Maybe he was uh, drinking or something, and they got fired. <sighs> That's what I'm always afraid of with I know. that man. Yeah. So, ooh, that was rough. September 30th, 1934. All of us left about 9.30 and went to Bagnell Dam this morning. It's about 84 miles from here. We watched the motorboats and admired everything. Went back by Eldon and ate dinner. Stopped at the Capitol in Jefferson City. Came through Vienna and saw Mother's home place. Yep, that's where Bess was born. That's very cool. Vienna. So I looked up Bagnell Dam. Yeah. And actually, it began its construction in 1929 before the before, Great Crash. Yeah, yeah. But it was a private investment uh-huh. thing. So it wasn't a government right. job. So uh, they were able to continue going on. Okay. And workers got paid. And they were offering jobs at a time when jobs were super mm-hmm. scarce. And this dam would create what they call the Lake of the Ozarks. Yes. And there are places in that lake that are 100 feet deep. Huh. So perfect for Loch Ness monsters to live there. But if you go to their website today, it's like Visit Bagnell Strip or something. Yeah. I what? think someone made that website in 1992. Oh, okay. And Great. no one Can't has wait updated to see it. it. It's very cheesy. <laughs> but it looks like a lot of fun. There's a lot of shopping. You know There's they're going to listen course. and hear this. You do know that. I apologize, Beth. Now, <laughs> I, I, would, you know, I will help you. I can design websites. <laughs> there you go. Call me. I will help you. Yeah. 84 miles away, though. That's a long way, right? Back then, 84 miles yeah. from Bell. I know, I know. And they and so it had to be like a big deal. Big deal. For this family to get away. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. Right. September wrap-up, 1934. I've only had one date this month, and that was with Bernard. Daddy is home now. I hope he can resume his work after the 10th or the 15th. We visited Bagnell Dam. So Elizabeth has hope mm-hmm. that maybe they'll call him up to do more. Right. That's a weird job, but I guess you take what you can get right. back then. So that's where we're going to be wrapping up Good. today. Good. This Good was place a, to start. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, we'll I see. love this. So far, no one's talking about like what's going to happen now that Grandma is dead, but uh-huh. things are moving. Dad, who knows what's ever happening with Dad. I can't predict it. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening yes. to episode 21. Don't forget, we are Facebook and Instagram at My Grandma's Diaries. We are also on the Patreon at My Grandma's Diaries, where you will immediately, after listening to this, be able to go look at pictures and maps, whatever we have. If you join us at the $10 level, we also have next week's episode up right now, the yes. first 30 minutes of it. So you get a little teaser of what's going on, and that's available for you right now as well. So, And if you join, if you're not a $10 level patron, 
Patreon or yet. We have so much content there for you. We have interviews yes. with Elizabeth's daughters and well, and her son. We have interviews with Francis's son and mm-hmm. Dean's son and daughter. And we talked step to Step Rock folk. We yeah, we talked to two different Step Rock folk, including the president of the Historic Foundation. Mm-hmm. So go, you have so much to listen to. And thank you. We will see you. Thank you, next everybody. Tuesday. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. It's John from Monroe Township, New Jersey, and you're listening to another entry from my grandma's diaries.